Today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Alcantad. If we only look for the emptiness and loss in our lives, we will always find it. This side of heaven, there will always be emptiness and loss in our lives. Maybe you feel this emptiness and loss even more acutely as the holidays draw near, as you see the commercials of big families gathered around, you feel like that's not my life, and you feel the loss. One day, the Bible promises that every tear will be dried in God's people, but that's not yet true. Open God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. Open God, He's a rock and you hide in place. He's a mighty fortress. It can break our hearts when things don't turn out the way that they should. We begin to feel down and unmotivated. We start to think negatively and we anticipate problems at every turn. But is that what God intends for you to believe? Pastor Ricky shares in today's message how God wants you to always have hope. You can start to live a life of hope and stop thinking negatively by starting to believe in God's rescuing power. God always makes up for your suffering. Faith in Him is all we need. Now let's join Pastor Ricky in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, as he continues his message, questioning the kindness of God. Ruth, her daughter-in-law, is speaking, has said to her as a picture, as an outflow of God's said to Naomi. Do you see this? Recently, you know, a few few months ago, I was having a really severe back pain episode, and I was obviously questioning the way that Naomi is here. I was having a hard time, and I remember looking back, I didn't realize what was happening at the time, but I remember this one point being so frustrated because I was having trouble walking. I was trying to get from like the car through our house and our bedroom is on the second uh, level. And so I'm trying to get up the stairs and I'm literally, my back is so shaky and so spasmy that Jen is having to like physically support me to just like help me get to the stairs and help me get up the stairs. And internally, all I'm thinking is this is ridiculous. This is unbelievable. God's kindness is nowhere to be found. And yet if you would look like with heaven's eyes, God's kindness is right next to me. God's kindness is in my wife helping her crippled old 35-year-old husband up the stairs. That's what Naomi is experiencing. She doesn't even, she's questioning the kindness of God, unaware that she has in that moment experiencing the kindness of God. And this is the amazing thing, friends. In what Ruth speaks to her, in a sense, Ruth speaks better than she knows. Because this kind of radical commitment is something that's almost unwarranted by Naomi. <laughs> Naomi's like, get out of here. Ruth's like, nope, I won't leave. I love that verse, that fragment of the verse that says, but Ruth clung to her. In Ruth, we see a picture of the face of Christ. Even when God's people push God away, God clings and holds to his people. We see a glimpse in this couple heading, this pair of people heading toward Bethlehem, we see a glimpse of what would later come to Bethlehem, right? At a time when God's people were questioning, is God really kind to us? God sends his son, Emmanuel, to be with them as his ultimate expression of kindness to them. Ian Duguid says this. This answers our doubts that God really has our best interests at heart. Who left his father's house to come and live with us even to the point of death? 
Against whom did the Almighty's hand truly go out in bitter judgment, even though he had no sin of his own that would have deserved such punishment? Jesus. Jesus is the answer Naomi needs. And Jesus is the answer that we need. Jesus is our Emmanuel. He took God's Old Testament declaration that I will be with you and lived it out to the fullest extent. He left the glories of heaven in order to say to us, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Even death was not shirked in his identification with us. He died and was buried just as we are. In his grace, he has clung to us. Church, read read those words as an expression of the heart of Christ. This in Christ is what God says to us. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And listen to the 17. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. Ruth just expresses this out of the overflow of her heart using poetic language, but Christ lived it. For him, this was no hyperbole. So committed was he to his people, so tightly did he cling to them that he died for them, was buried for them, and rose for them. Look, in Ruth, we see a picture of Christ, of the chesed of God that would come many generations later to Bethlehem. Point number three, then, seeing the kindness of God. Verse 19, so the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred up because of them. And the woman said, is this Naomi? And she said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. This great scene happens, right? Naomi's homecoming, and it's a notable thing. The whole town is stirred up. Kids are pointing and looking, who is that? And everyone is talking about them. And the, the women of the town, here's what's so difficult. The women of the town don't even recognize Naomi. Life has been so hard on her. The lines on her face are so uh, engraved that they're like, is this the same woman that left so many years ago? And Naomi says two things. First, she says, don't call me sweet, which is what her name meant. Call me bitter, you know? So you're like, instead of, you know, imagine somebody comes up, oh my gosh, Naomi, it's been so many years. It's so good to see you. And Naomi says, you know what, Kathleen? Don't even call me Naomi. My name is bitter. Call me bitter. You're like, whoa, okay, well, Good catching up. Uh, We'll see you at the holiday party later this week. You know, it's one of those interactions. Somebody else comes up. Hey, Naomi. Nope, it's bitter. Like, whoa, okay. Uh, Great, thank you, Naomi, for that. This is is where Naomi's at. And, And she says something else that's very interesting. She says, I went away full. The Lord has brought me back empty, meaning I have nothing left. And the author of the book of Ruth, we don't know who it is, is a master storyteller. Uh, this is, even among like ancient literature, people who aren't Christians, the book of Ruth is a masterful example of a short story. And one of the things that the author does here is he contrasts the irony of Naomi telling people, 
I have nothing, there's nothing sweet in my life, and I am utterly empty, and I have not a single person in the world with me anymore. And so Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, with her. Meaning, do you see the contrast here? Naomi's saying, I have no one in this world. And Ruth is like, hi, I'm Ruth, you know, I'm with her. Naomi's saying, I only have horrible, bitter things in my life, not one single good thing. Don't even call me that. And Ruth is like, well, yeah, I happen to follow this lady because I love her and I'm gonna be with her till she dies and I'm never gonna give up on her. And you see the contrast here? You're like, wait a minute, how does Naomi not see that she's not empty? She may lack her sons, she may lack her husband, but she has, in a sense, a daughter-in-law worth 10 sons. She has an expression of God's chesed loving kindness standing right there next to her. And so the question we have to ask is, why can't Naomi see the kindness of God right next to her? Well, I think the text reveals a couple things. First, seeing the kindness of God requires us to see the larger story. This is only chapter one. Naomi thought that chapter one was the end of the story. If Naomi wrote the book of Ruth, her story would have been, I'm Naomi, I had a nice life, and then horrible things happened to me, and everyone died the end. Right? That would be Naomi's version of Ruth. Not as encouraging. And yet God lays this out in a way that shows us that the beginning of the story, the middle of the story, is not the same as the end of the story. God's expression of kindness doesn't always work on our timetable. Look, the book of Ruth could just be a propositional truth, and we believe in propositional theological truths, right? The, the propositional theological truth of Ruth is this, God is kind to his people. And we could have saved a lot of monks, a lot of parchment over many decades and centuries by just saying that. But God says that through a story. Why? I think so that we who would live inside stories could see the loving kindness of God lived out in other stories and look and remember that God's loving kindness is not over in our story. Look, this book is filled with story after story in which if you pause in the middle, it looks utterly bleak. It looks utterly barren. It looks like nothing good will ever come. And yet if you fast forward to the end, you see fullness and kindness and joy and provision. So it is with our stories. I remember uh, Jen and I talking about celebrating our anniversary recently, and there was a point in our relationship where I kind of, kind of had the big talk with Jen, and I said, you know, basically, like, I love you, I want to marry you, I want to be with you forever, like, you're the one. And she, as gently as possible, said, that is so sweet, I wish I could say that too. And you're just like, oh, okay. You know, like, here's my heart, it's just, you know. And if I, in that moment, or that month in particular, could have written the story of my relationship, it would go like this. Boy loves girl, girl doesn't love boy, boy dies of sadness, the end, right? This is the story of Ricky's life. Look, I remember even God's, thinking about God's kindness to us as a church. I remember a couple years into being a pastor at this church, um, so many of you guys were, have been through this with us. A couple years in, as I began to lead the church, the story, if I had written it, would have been pastor arrives, church continues to lose numbers, church's budget continues to shrink, pastor is a failure, hopefully he leaves soon, right? In the middle, like two years in, three years in, that would have been the story I felt like I was living. Pastor is there, closes the doors of the church, hands the keys off, and cries, right? That, that, that's what I felt. 
And yet that is not true. The Bible gives us stories of God's kindness lived out in lives to remind us that God's kindness does not always work on our timetable, but in the end, we will always see the kindness of God. We may not see it in chapter one or chapter two, but we will see it in the final chapter in all its fullness, both in this life, friends, and in the life to come, and in the life to come. The trajectory of Genesis to Revelation is the Lord is kind to his people. Naomi cannot see it. Second thing here is seeing the kindness of God requires us to look for his kindness, not just our loss and emptiness. Naomi cannot see her daughter-in-law because she only sees what she has lost. She only sees the hole in her life where her husband and sons once stood. Now, I don't mean to imply in any way that, that loss or sorrow are not legitimate, that, that Naomi should not be grieving her husband or her sons that she left with and now are gone as she returns, but her eyes only see that, not what the Lord has brought her back to Bethlehem with, not Ruth. And I think the lesson here is that if we, if we only look for the emptiness and loss in our lives, we will always find it. This side of heaven, there will always be emptiness and loss in our lives. Maybe you feel this emptiness and loss even more acutely as the holidays draw near, as you see the commercials of big families gathered around, you feel like that's not my life, and you feel the loss. One day, the Bible promises that every tear will be dried in God's people, but that's not yet true. If you look for loss, you will always find it. But I think Ruth reminds us that if you look for God's kindness, you will always find it as well. In Naomi's life, God's kindness is literally standing next to her. And look, I don't know how Naomi comes across to you, but Naomi does not like strike me as the kind of person I want to be like, wherever you go, I'm going to go and I'm going to do everything you do and I'm just going to be committed to you forever. And Naomi's like, you know, like, she's not, it's like, cool, cool. You know, I find a happier person, Ruth, if you're going to do that. Naomi's just bitter lady. And yet God's kindness is abundant toward Naomi. God's kindness is all around her. That's actually true in the text, that, that Naomi is coming. Imagine if you take a wide-angle lens of this story. Naomi's coming back to Bethlehem, and she's saying, I am empty, and there will never be anything good again, and everything in life is barren. And as she's saying this, walking into Jerusalem, the text says the barley fields are ready for harvest. The barley fields are ripe. Abundance is growing all around her. And Naomi cannot see that the same God of the barley fields is her God. She cannot see God's abundant provision that she left and this whole area was famine and barren and she returns and it is full of provision and fullness. She cannot see the kindness of God. And I think it's because we're often so much better at looking for loss and emptiness than we are at looking for the kindness of God. You know, recently we... One of our pandemic promises was like, man, if we ever get out of this pandemic thing where we can't travel and do things, there's an annual pastor's conference we go to in Orlando. And so we decided if we ever can do it, we're going to bring our boys out there to do some of the Orlando stuff and the, the annual, not annual, the life, whatever lifetime pilgrimage everybody's required to make the Disney world land thing something, you know? And so we brought our kids. And one of the things that's interesting about you know, even the restaurants and shops and stuff at Disney is that they have, the designers are really good at hiding these hidden Mickeys everywhere. 
and you don't really look for them. They're not obvious, but when you start looking for them, you can start to see it. And when you start to see it, it becomes a little ridiculous, okay? We were driving by some power lines in the shape of Mickey, right? The solar array at Disney World is in the shape of Mickey, right? You're in the bathroom washing your hands. You look down at a little design in the tile and you're like, hey, there it is, you know, right there. And then you, and once you start to see it, it's hard to unsee it. You're kind of like, are those three rocks in the shape? Look, there it is again, you know? And you're at a restaurant and they're like, would you like a waffle? It's in this shape. And you're like, oh, and you just begin to see it everywhere in the little bag, the little thing, the little walkway. Little, and, and you begin to be like, it's everywhere. How could I not have seen this? And there are people that go and they cross off all the little hidden Mickeys that they could possibly find everywhere. Here's what I'm trying to say. I think God's kindness is like that, that once you know to look for it, you begin to see it everywhere. But until you look for it, you don't see it anywhere. And here is the truth. Based on what we know of the character of God, God is a God of chesed. God is a God of loving kindness. And so I know, no matter how bleak the circumstances in your life are today or how bleak they feel, God's kindness is present in your life. Even if you're like Naomi, you can't see it anywhere. Open your eyes, it is there. It may be standing next to you in a spouse. It may be in your children. It may be with those who gather around the Thanksgiving table with you this week. It may be in a friend who drops off a meal. I know we've got a bunch of people in our church that are sick and walking on, watching on live stream, and we've got meals from our church going to people who are sick. It may be, and you may be thinking, man, God's forgotten us, and somebody drops off a meal right then, right? God's kindness is everywhere once you begin to look. Let's be good at looking, not just for the loss in our lives. We see it, we acknowledge it, we grieve it, but also to see the kindness of God. Let me end with this quote from Spurgeon. Spurgeon who battled depression, Spurgeon who battled gout, Spurgeon who had a bedridden wife says this, God is too good to be unkind and he is too wise to be mistaken. When we cannot trace his hand, we must trust his heart. Church, I want you to feel that today. If you feel like in your circumstances, man, God is not kind. No, he is too good to be unkind to you. He is too wise to be mistaken. And if you don't understand where your story is going, if you think that your story is just, it ends in a dead end and it's not going anywhere, remember the God of Chesed, the God of his people coming out of Egypt, the God of Ruth, the God of Bethlehem, the God that sent Christ is the God over your story too. Your story, Christian, does not end in chapter one of Ruth. It will end in glory because of Jesus. It will end in fields white with harvest and bountiful provision forevermore. That is the trajectory of every Christian story. So as we end, I wanna just communicate a couple things on my heart for us in this season as a church, okay, if I can. The first thing I wanna communicate is this. I know the last couple of years have been hard. We're doing Ruth for a reason. Um, I don't think anybody in, well, not that many people, uh, there's always somebody. Uh, I don't think that many people in the church look back at 2020 and think best year ever, right? Uh, if you go back and look at the tweets, you know, 2020, this is my decade, the roaring 20s, best year ever coming up. Nope, right? That's not true of probably any, somebody I'm sure it's true. Some people got married or whatever, that's great. Um, <laughs> And then 2021, I don't know if you felt like this, but I felt like 2021 is supposed to be like the makeup year. It's supposed to be an extra happy year because 2021 was hard. And 2021 comes and you're like, it's still hard, right? It's maybe a little bit less hard, but still hard. And here's what I think. All of us are tempted to look at the last couple of years and think, man, I see way more loss and sorrow than I see kindness. 
And I think one of, the thing, one of the things Ruth allows us to do is to bring our questions honestly to God and say, God, help me. I feel like you're handed against me. I feel like I'm empty. And to wrestle with God in his word. We're to bring our questions and doubts to God. We're to be honest about them. And then we're to wrestle with his character as revealed in his word. And God gently leads. He doesn't just give us a propositional truth. God is kind. He gives us Ruth that takes us on this journey to being able to see his kindness. So I wanna encourage you, maybe you need to do some business with the Lord as the end of the year draws close. Maybe you need to get with the Lord and you need to be honest with yourself or your spouse or your community group and say, man, this has really been hard and I've really struggled. Can you pray for me? Help me, ask God to help me see his kindness. And let me, let me encourage you with this. Even if you cannot see the kindness of God anywhere else, look at the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Even if you feel no one is with me, there is a savior who says, where you go, I will go. Even if you feel like no one's committed to me, there is a savior who says, where you are buried, I will be buried. Even if you feel like, man, God doesn't love me and his kindness is absent from my life, look to the manger, friends. Look to the face of Christ. Look to the cross. Look to the empty tomb. All that for you. Even while you push away from God, he clings to you in Christ. Look to the Savior. And every twinkling light against the black darkness of this season, remember, he said his kindness toward you. We want to not just experience the kindness of God, but we want to express the kindness of God to others. Look, God has not preserved us as a people and as a church just so we can stay in our holy huddle and be like, yay, we get to experience the chesed of God every week and we sing about and experience that we have just a happy community against the blackness of the world around us. Now, that's a joy, it's good, amen. But what does God do? Even in the chapter one of the book of Ruth, God shows us that he is eager to bring in others outside of the people of God to experience the kindness of God. And I think in this season, God wants to recalibrate us and get us not just looking at our own circumstances, but looking at the people around us and saying, man, who, who is far from the people of God that could be invited in? Who can I show kindness to as an expression of God's kindness that they might turn, look up, and see the kindness of God for them? Ruth, as we will see later, is one of those in the line of Jesus Christ himself. I, I get choked up saying this. Ruth, a Moabitess, who grew up worshiping gods against the God of Israel, becomes the one through which God sends his son, Jesus. And I think that is a loud statement that when God pulls someone into his people, he doesn't pull them halfway in, he pulls them all the way in. And so look, if you're here today, if you're here today, you don't know Christ, the invitation is for you. The doors to Bethlehem are open. Regardless of the circumstances in your life, maybe you feel far from God, maybe you have questions about God, God's doors are open to you. Come like Ruth. Come, make him your God, and he will be yours. He will cling to you and never let go. Open God, oh my soul, he is strong in News Radio is a listener-supported ministry of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas with Pastor Ricky. We're so glad that you joined us today for a message that's focused on something life-altering that happened in a little town called Bethlehem. 
The birth of a baby boy in a stable shifted the course of mankind and set it on a course that will lead to ultimate triumph in the face of hardship and loss. I know that sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel in the midst of so much struggle, but I'm here to tell you that the birth of Jesus wasn't for nothing. Love, forgiveness, grace, and so much more was wrapped up in that tiny little bundle. This Christmas season, may you experience the joy of our Savior's birth and the blessings that it brought and is still bringing. Wondering what to do next now that our time is drawing to a close today? Go to betternewsradio.com and listen to this message again or other messages from Pastor Ricky. While you're there, don't forget our podcast so that you can listen anytime and anywhere. Twitter and Facebook are some other ways that you can stay connected with Better News Radio as well. Do you prefer the good old telephone to technology? Then you can give us a call at 915-562-7100. We look forward to hearing from you. Again, that phone number to call is 915-562-7100. We hope that you've been blessed by what you heard today. And we look forward to meeting with you on our next edition, here on Better News Radio.